Hey everybody, so glad you've joined us for church tonight. And uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jordan. And with my wife, Bianca, we get to oversee our children's ministry, our youth ministry, and our young adults here at Global Heart Church. And I'm really excited for the next 15 minutes or so because I want to speak to you about the worst restriction of all. The worst restriction of all. And so let me pray for you before I share. And let's just commit this time to God as we gather around His Word. So Father, we just thank You for everybody that is watching online right now. I just pray that You would speak to them. They would be greatly encouraged by You, God. And wherever they are now, Father, whether it's at home, uh, whether they're watching this later, I just pray you'd be with them, you'd speak to them and you'd help them, God, become more of who you've called them to be, someone that is full of potential, has a great calling on their life and is like Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, a restriction, I want to talk about the worst restriction of all. And a restriction is something which stops you from doing what you want to do. It's something that is annoying. It's something that stops you from being who you want to be, perhaps going where you want to go and doing something that you want to do. On March 16th, my dad and I, we got back from visiting our church campus in Lusaka in Zambia. And because we got back from overseas in March, we had to do 14 days of quarantine at our house. So I quarantined at my parents' house. So it was me and my dad and my mum. And the worst part of it was that Bianca couldn't stay. So because she works at a school, they had asked that she not stay with me so that she wouldn't uh, potentially get anything off me from coming back from overseas. And so I had two weeks at home without Bianca, couldn't leave the house, couldn't take the bins out, couldn't see people. And it was a massive test just because of those restrictions. Um, the worst of all, not being with my wife. And so I would see on Instagram that people were still heading into the church office at that time and going out to exercise. And I was faced with a, uh, a, a myriad of restrictions. I couldn't do what I wanted to do, go to places that I wanted to go. And the thing is, is like after those 14 days, went to the front of my parents' house. They've got a little latch gate. I stepped out for the first time and there was fresh air. I saw like birds flying past, but it was just a relief to now have eased restrictions. So the whole time I was in that 14 days, I couldn't wait to meet in groups of two and get takeaway coffee and I could finally do it. There was this easing of restriction and, and a great sense of freedom. And Look, now across our state, the restrictions are easing. So you can go to a restaurant, you can meet in groups of two. I'm excited the cinema's coming back. But here's the reality. For all of us, we've wrestled with the worst restriction of all a lot longer than just during this COVID period. Um, what we wanted to do, we couldn't. Who we wanted to be, we couldn't. What we wanted to stop doing, we couldn't stop doing. We have been faced with the worst restriction of all time. And even when the government eases the restrictions we have right now, we're still going to be restricted because the worst restriction of all time is not on the outside. It's not even physical. And God in His Word speaks to us heaps about the worst restriction of all time. But the good news is that in God's Word, God speaks of freedom from this restriction. He talks about freedom from the worst restriction of all because of Jesus that we can be free from this restriction because of Jesus Christ. So what is the worst restriction of all time? Let's have a look in God's Word. I want to read from John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. And this is Jesus speaking in the temple. And it says this, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. 
They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? This is where it gets really interesting. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I want to read Luke chapter 4 verse 18 now. And this is Jesus reading a passage from the book of Isaiah. And he's reading it in a synagogue. And Jesus reads this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. A lot of translations say freedom to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So right there in God's word, we get two great passages of scripture where Jesus says that he came to preach freedom to the captives. It says, if you abide in the word, so if you live according to God's word, apply the Bible, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the third thing he says in those passages is that who the son sets free is free indeed. Who Jesus sets free is truly free. And it's interesting because that first bit of scripture I read where those people responded and said, why do I need freedom? I've not been a slave ever. That can be just like us. We can hear messages from Jesus, read the Bible and go, why do I need freedom? I live in Perth, Western Australia. I'm fully blessed, got a great life. Why do I need freedom? Here's the thing. We are restricted and enslaved to something that is not outside, but inside. And that thing is sin. The greatest restriction is sin. We are all a slave to sin. The, the greatest restriction to our soul, our heart and our mind is sin. And Jesus came to preach freedom from sin. Jesus came to, to free us from the power of sin. Well, what is sin? There's a great theologian and philosopher, Augustine, and he said this, sin, a word deed or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. He also said, my sin was this, that I looked for beauty, pleasure and truth, not in him, but in myself and in his other creatures. We are slaves to sin. I'm a slave to sin. It has power over me. What that means is I can't not sin. And some people can see trying to live a life away from sin as actually the opposite of freedom. And that freedom is that I can drink what I want, smoke what I want, eat what I want, say what I want, be physical with who I want when I want. And I had some of that in high school. I was trying to live a life away from sin and people thought that I was the one that was restricted and, and me not doing those things was actually me not being free. But we actually kind of see that in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. So God creates Adam and Eve and he says to them that they can eat of everything except one tree. One tree. So you think about how beautiful and big the garden was and they could be a part of everything, eat everything, touch everything, except one tree. And then we get the serpent, we get Satan come and what he does is he tries to make protection look like restriction. So he tries to make it look like the one thing that they are not allowed to do, which actually protects them, he tries to make it look like a restriction. And they bought into that lie and what they saw as restriction that was actually protection, they partook of and in exercising freedom, plunged themselves and us into bondage. 
took all of us into sin. We are free to do what we want whilst enslaved to sin, but that's not freedom at all. There's a quote that's uh, been attributed to lots of different people, and uh, it says this, it says, freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. Doing whatever you want will land you enslaved to addiction, pain, emptiness, and brokenness, and being in a jail on the inside. But here's the good news, everybody watching online, here's the good news. Jesus came to directly address this issue for you and I, and Jesus has come to free us. And the scripture tells us that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I've grown up in church my whole life and was born into a family where my parents were the senior pastors of a church, this church, great church. Um, Which means that at an early age, I was introduced to the Ten Commandments. And so as a kid, you're trying to process what they are. And you had ones like, you shall have no other God than, than I. So God talking about not having another God than him. At the time, that's fine, because as an eight-year-old, I didn't know any other gods. Um, I was introduced to some by watching the Prince of Egypt, but I didn't even like them, so it's okay. And then you get ones like, do not murder. As a young kid, you're pretty confident that you're not going to break that one. Um, but then you get ones like, do not lie. And I remember when I was younger, and I used to catch the train to school. One time, my Transperth card um, was empty, and so I faked the beep getting onto uh, the train and uh, getting onto the bus. I'd heard it enough times to actually go in there with the card and just ghost it and go boop and get onto the bus. And so I committed a lie there. And then you learn about stealing. And I remember as a kid, I stole Yu-Gi-Oh cards and um, I had to tell a lie to get out of the stealing. And, and then also you get to the ones about not committing adultery. And as a teenager, you, you find out that that is um, <laughs> being with someone else's wife and you're like, that's all right, I, I'm not gonna do that. But then you read later in the Bible, Jesus says that if you look at someone with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. I've been 16 and I've committed adultery in my heart. And so quite early on, I'm not just having a 15 minute confession time, but I'm just saying that looking at the Ten Commandments, you realize quite quickly that it's going to be incredibly hard to not break any of the commandments. And as the Bible goes on, the number of commandments increases to the point that you realize it's going to be impossible to keep them all. And as the law in the Bible got larger and larger, um, so does our awareness of our sin and our awareness of our inability to ever make it. And that's before you realize that we're actually sinners, that our nature is sin. You have a realization or revelation that it is our nature to sin, that we are a slave to sin, the worst restriction of all sin, which is keeping me away from a, cr- a close relationship with the loving God, sin which is keeping me in addiction, keeping me in bondage, keeping me in stress, worry, anxiety, fear, sin which fills me with deceit and anger, it hardens my heart, it causes me to miss the mark. Missing the mark. Only one person could hit the mark. Only one person could live a sinless life and he did it for me, he did it for you, he did it for us and that is Jesus Christ, God's son, God in a bod, coming down to earth to live a sinless life, a, a sin-free life and Jesus who died in our place receiving the punishment for all of our sin. He did not miss the mark which you and I can never actually hit. I want to paint a bit of a picture for you and just just bear with me this illustration will kind of fall apart if you think about it too much but I just want to encourage you with it 
Just imagine for a second that there's a basketball court and you have a 10 foot high basketball hoop and in comes a little two year old kid who is about two feet nothing, he's just learnt to run, he's starting to jump, he comes in and then in comes somebody who says to that kid, hey, a slam dunk needs to take place in the next five minutes, otherwise you're going to be punished. This poor two-year-old kid, he's standing there, two foot nothing, there's a 10-foot basketball hoop and a slam dunk needs to take place in order for him to not get punished. As he hears that that's going to happen, in comes the GOAT, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, depending on uh, which generation you're from. In comes one of the basketball players. They are super capable of slam dunking the ball. Now the little kid has three options. The kid can either not care and doesn't even try and receives the punishment or the little kid tries himself to dunk it, which we know is impossible. He can't do it. The third option is he asks LeBron or MJ to help. And that, that picture, as random as that is, that is like a picture of us. Our sin deserves punishment unless someone can hit the mark, meet the standard for us. So you have three options. You either don't care and don't try living in freedom and get punished, or you can try yourself, but you're never going to be able to do it. The Bible tells us that no one is righteous, nobody. Um, or the third option is we can ask for help from Jesus, from him who has hit the mark and who, if we would only believe and trust in him and receive his help, would help us not be punished. I want to encourage you, look at yourself in that story and I want to encourage you, choose option three. Look at the, the punishment that is due for us, if not but by the grace of God coming and sending Jesus to help us, to help us hit the mark, to meet the standard, not because of what we can do but because of what he has done. As I close, if the band wants to come up, um, two quotes from Charles Spurgeon, who's a great preacher. He said this, he said, you are a great sinner, but he is a greater saviour. I, I know there's been times in my life where I felt like a great sinner. I've been really good at not doing the right thing, but no matter how good we are at sinning, God is a greater saviour. Jesus Christ is a greater saviour. The second Spurgeon quote that I love, he says, when a man believes in Christ, he is in that moment in God's sight as though he had never sinned in all his life. When you put your trust in Jesus, you will be free from sin. The restriction is over. And I love what the Bible says. It says that you'll be born again. You will be regenerated. You will be free. You will be forgiven. You'll be saved. You'll be transformed. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. We are being transformed when we receive Jesus', Jesus sacrifice and His gift. What could you do? with the power of the worst restriction over in your life? What could you do forgiven, free and in a relationship with God? What could God do in and through your life when you're free of the greatest restriction of all time? Listen, there's only one way to find out what God could do and what your life could look like free of that restriction. And you can do it right now, which is, will you today put your trust 
in Jesus Christ? Will you today receive that help from Jesus? Will you today humble yourself and say, God, I need help breaking free of that great restriction. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you stand in my place? And would you help me to be free and forgiven? So I want to do that right now. If you're watching at home, watching in your car, I want to give you the opportunity to put your trust in Jesus and to break the hold of the restriction of sin in your life and to step into a relationship with God. Romans 9 says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we will be saved. And that's what I want to invite you to do right now. And that is to believe in your heart as you confess with your mouth and pray a prayer with me. And I want to lead you in a prayer to invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and as your Savior. So I'm going to to pray. I'm going to say something and I think the words will come up on the screen to help you along. But I want to encourage you, if you want to invite Jesus into your life today to free you of sin, I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it with all your heart. And God's going to do an amazing work in your life. So just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your free gift of salvation. I'm sorry, God, for living life my own way. Help me from today, God, to live my life following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to say a huge congratulations. Or maybe you just prayed the prayer again and wanted to reconnect with God. I want to encourage you and say, well done. What an amazing decision and what an awesome start to a journey with God. Hey, I'd love to just close with this verse as we wrap it up. It's in Galatians 5 verse 1 and it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So as I close, I want to encourage everybody, whether you just responded to God or you're already a Christian, I just want to finish with these couple of things to encourage you with. Number one, do not go back. Galatians 5.1 encourages us, don't again be yoked to slavery. Don't go back to being a slave to sin. I want to encourage you, be hungry for God, live a life after God. And I want to encourage us, don't go back, 